Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Infinite Journeys. As always, I am your host, Tony Z, joined with my co-host, Asher. Pleasure to meet you all again. And this week, we have a very special guest co-host. She is from the Dames Who Game. Among, oh my goodness, Jessica Starr. I forgot your other podcast. <laughs> I had it written down and I lost the paper. <laughs> well, thanks, Tony. Asher, greets everybody. I was like, I know Dames Who Game. What the heck is the other one? Yeah, so I'm on the Fallout feed. That's my primary podcast. Uh, Dames Who Dame is my, you know, every couple month podcast <laughs> when we get together with a bunch of my girls in the Fallout community. And then, of course, you Wastelanders for streaming. So I got a couple things going on. Yeah, a lot of things going on. Dames Who Game, I think the reason I forgot about the other one was because I haven't had a chance to check out Fallout feed yet. And I've been listening to Dames Who Game this week. So that's why that was at the top of my mind. Oh, that's nice to hear. Thank you. Yeah, I've been enjoying it. I know. I think the episode I was on, there was a lot of Stardew Valley talk, and I was like, I'm gonna have to download this again now. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't yeah. played it in a while. Yeah, a, a few of our girls are really into Stardew Valley for sure. Yeah, I had it downloaded at one point on my phone, and then I had it on my Switch, and I think I even had it on my PlayStation at one point. I don't think I have it on Xbox, but I may have to re-download it on my Switch just to play it again. There's another game that actually came out on there. And we're gonna get we're gonna get into weird gaming news and do our normal stuff. Don't worry, listeners, it's gonna be normal. <laughs> but uh, there's a game that came out called Cozy Grove. Have you heard of that one? Oh yes, absolutely. I mean, it's kind of in the vein of like my time at Porsche. There's a yeah. bunch of them that kind of are like Stardew Valley slash Animal Crossing, but have their own spin. Yeah, it was really cool when I played it, and I like the idea that they're they're bears essentially, but they're like ghosts and spirits. And I thought that was kind of cool because that horror aspect of me. You definitely caught my attention there with both bears and ghosts. What was this one called? <laughs> <laughs> it's called Cozy Grove. And it's you're basically start out on an island. And your main goal is basically to like kind of help the spirits on the island because it's a haunted island. Uh-huh. And all the spirits are like, that. yeah, the spirits are like bears and different animals. But it plays out a lot like Stardew Valley where you're doing a lot of crafting and like upgrading. And then each time you help one, you get what is it? Some kind of spirit thing that you give to your fire because your campfire actually talks to you because it's also some kind of a spirit. (laughs) So they give you stuff and then it expands out and then you unlock more of the island. It's pretty cool. The one thing about Cozy Grove, I think it has less combat than most of these games. I mean, not that their focus is combat, but I think there's less combat. If you're into horror, Stardew Valley, definitely check out Graveyard Keeper. That's a good one too. All right. I'll have to write that down. Yeah, I'm going to write that down because you just said graveyard and immediately I'm like, okay, I have to check this out now. Oh, yeah. It's an (laughs) awesome one. It's an awesome one. All right. So before we get into what we've been playing, which will probably make up a majority of the episode because it usually does. The last episode that Asher and I did took two hours just talking about Elden Ring. So (laughs) um, I do have a little bit of weird gaming news today, and it's actually virtual reality related. Oh, I can't wait. That's that's a whole mess of things. Yeah, there was. I mean, this is UK terminology because I get a lot of this stuff from U- the UK. So when they say leaving in stitches, I assume it just means it made people laugh hysterically. <laughs> and oh, there, was a, there was a girl that was in a virtual reality machine, which I guess is like where she's strapped into a chair. Hmm. So it's like a whole nother level. But the machine, I guess, lifted her up into the air and it slammed her into the ground and sent her flying. What the? So like the Animus in <sighs> Assassin's Creed or something? Yeah, uh, I actually think I saw a clip of this. Um, yeah, it was on TikTok. Was yeah, because it, it, it reminds me of an old arcade game, the kind that you would get in and it would try to simulate, you know, like uh, if you were, it was a driving game, like it would kind of rock you around and move you as you were driving around. 
So she she gets in and it starts to lift up and then it it looks like it was off balance or something and it just totally tips. And and you say, you know, left in stitches. Uh, It might not be, you know, like that thing slammed into the ground. I did see that. That was wild. Yeah, it says girl in virtual reality machine crashes to the ground, leaving people in stitches. So I don't know. It could be literal. Yeah, the people might have been laughing, but I'm sure she wasn't. My goodness gracious. Yeah, it says she can be seen. Sheen. There we go. Already, Asher. <laughs> 30 seconds in. I'm misspeaking. She can be seen strapped into a chair and the device lifts her until her body is horizontal before the machine suddenly halts, crashing to the ground with the woman still strapped in. Now, can you imagine if like you were doing like a VR like cliff jumping or something and right as you went to jump is when the machine tipped? Like you would feel like you're falling, but it's because you actually were. Yeah. Yeah, there was one of the funny comments about it was she just experienced 5D. <laughs> oh, my. You, know, you that... might think that you're still in the virtual reality world as it's happening. And then once you get slammed, you're like, OK, this doesn't feel like virtual reality. This feels like <laughs> real life now. That's something, though. I mean, when virtual reality gets good enough, you know, it's going to have that kind of effect. It always makes me think about Nerve Gear from like Sword Art Online. I don't know if either of you guys watch that. I've heard of it. So I know what it is, but I've never really watched it. But the idea of being jacked into a machine, I mean, Ready Player One kind of does the same thing too, a little more cheesy. But the idea of being jacked into a machine to the point where, you know, if your character dies, you die. Like your nerves are completely as one with it. Um, Anyway, that would be a lot worse. I'm glad that she's okay. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. That was the only thing I could really find uh, gaming related. I saw something cool that was about a haunting that it was a street hiding a secret that it's so haunted you have to sign a waiver in order to move there. I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> That's interesting. I wonder what the HOA there is like. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Their theme song is Will Smith, Nightmare on My Street. <laughs> nice. Did you ever hear the uh, the rapper Megaran? He does a Nightmare on My Street. It's like a rap. It's really cool. Oh, for sure. I He's love his stuff. Rapper. Yeah, yep. I do too. That's one of my favorite songs. It was one of the first songs I heard from him. I was like, this is amazing. And then I started downloading everything from like, from that point on. Apparently the name of the place is Wingate's Grove. Asher, that sounds like something out of Elden Ring. It, that does. Well, that sounds like a very video game like name. Like that. that is evocative. You know, if you walked into uh, an, an asylum in a game or anything like that, that seems like the name that would pop up. Yeah. It says, let's see, let's find out some information about the place. It was known to be haunted by a poltergeist throughout the 1990s. That's really recent. Oh, this part's interesting. The malevolent spirit was said to have attached itself to a row of council houses and tormented families for years. So it was haunting more than just the one house. That's why it's the whole street. Busy ghost. Yeah, but I bet it's more than one. Council houses also in the UK then. Yeah, definitely. The, yeah, that's where I find most of my weird... If I try to find anything in the U.S., it's usually just animals breaking out of a zoo or something, <laughs> which happened a lot in 2020. Plot twist. Uh, Wingate Lane is actually Cozy Grove. Who knew? Yeah, it could be. I mean, it fits. We were just talking about spirits on an island. So it depends on if West Bolton Bolton is, in, is an island or not <laughs> in the U.K. I have no idea if I spelled, sounded that out right, but hey... <laughs> It says at one stage an exorcism was actually carried out as well. It doesn't sound like it was successful, though. <laughs> Which is really funny because it says, and all paranormal activity on the street is now thought to have ceased. But oh. if that's the case, then why do you have to sign a waiver to move in? 
Well, I mean, you don't want to get rid of like the prime draw. That, that, that'd be like having a little town with like, you know, world biggest ball of yarn and then like setting it on fire. Like you got to yeah. have the thing that draws people there. Or you're like, no, sign this waiver because even though it ceased, you may agitate it and it may come back out. <laughs> yeah. Because it does say one resident was still made to sign a disclaimer form before moving into her harm. Oh my God, into her harm. Hopefully she wasn't harmed. <laughs> it all started in the 1993. So it seems like a lot of it was in the 90s. Oh. This seems uh, relatively recent for a haunting. Like, Yeah. It actually says that the toddler in 1993 would talk to a little man in his room and an oil-type substance would run down the walls. Ew. Gross. That definitely sounds horror game-esque. That reminds me of a game that I'm probably going to play on the... Oh, you know what? We're going to get into... This will be a good segue into what we've been playing, but... Um, we just started a Infinite Journeys YouTube channel. There's nothing on it yet, but there will be soon. Asher and I have been talking about it, so I want to name it for the listeners. It's called Infinite Journeys. You should be able to find it whenever we start uploading content. It'll be a new place for people to listen to the podcast, and we also plan on doing some gameplays, hopefully both of us at some point on there. Absolutely. And a game that I think I want to cover on there is that game Visage. It's like a horror game based in the haunted house. I think I saw something about that. Yeah, I've dabbled in it. It's absolutely terrifying. Oh, that's what it was. You, you were telling me about it, uh, I think, uh, two weeks ago? I might have. I don't know if I addressed it on the podcast or not. I just know it's scary. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I thought it was a good segue from the weird news. Yeah, I'll be looking uh, forward to check that out. I like watching people play through uh, scary games. I don't want to play them most of the time, but I love watching people do it. That's why I like doing it, because I like watching other people play them. So then I kind of like, you know what? I tend to enjoy watching myself get scared too. And I think I'm at the most entertaining when I'm scared. So let's play some horror games. Jessica, are you into horror games? I am not. <laughs> okay. So I'm the only one. Yeah, no, that is a solid no for me. Um, you know, I'll try them occasionally, but even resident evil, you know, back from dogs jumping through windows, people coming out of fireplaces, like, no, just, just no. Anything that are jump scares. I don't like now, if it's uh, spooky games, I love spooky games, but there's a difference between that and a lot of horror games that try to jump you. Yeah, there's some horror games where they do a really good job of just the ambiance of the horror without throwing a lot of jump scares. There'll be a few in there, but they'll just they build the creepiness of it. Yeah, and that kind of vibe can be awesome. You know, especially if it's fantasy horror. Fantasy horror is way better than real walk out my door might actually happen horror. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. I tend to steer towards the paranormal horror. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even though that could technically happen too, I guess, considering what we just what we just read on Weird News. All right, Jessica. Now, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've been playing? I'm going to save my section of that for last. So it's going to be you and then Asher this week. Oh, sure thing. Well, okay. Um, I'm always playing a lot of things. You know, I'm a big Game Pass aficionado. I'm an Xbox gamer, Xbox for life, actually. I mean, I play PC and stuff too, but um, I try a lot of games. Right now, what I'm playing the most is, well, as always, Fallout. But (laughs) which ones? So, you know, I've been playing Fallout 76 since inception. I mean, I know Asher's aware of that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, 
and just started a new playthrough of Fallout New Vegas. So on the Fallout feed, we we do a roundtable. And basically every season we pick one of the Fallout games and we play through with a goal. So like it might be Fallout 4, collect all the bobbleheads and talk about it. Um, you know, Fallout 4, let's do all the side quests or DLC. Fallout 76, hey, let's follow, you know, the Wastelanders quest line or hit all the events and discuss it. So right now we are doing a Fallout New Vegas playthrough. And that's just the main story playthrough because we've only done it once before on the show. So yeah, doing a lot of New Vegas, really happy to be back. I just, I love the vibe in that game. I love the way your choices impact things from the beginning. There are factions, you know, Doc Mitchell coming out, you're making choices. He's commenting on them. Everything about New Vegas, it really speaks to me. Um, I know graphically it's a little behind now, and certainly the game had its share of bugs when it came out, but it plays really well on back compat. So I'm having a great time, you know, relearning things. I just got up to, I finished They Went That Away. I've gotten up to uh, Boulder City and Novak and done Come Fly With Me with the Ghouls, one of my favorite quests. Have either of you guys played New Vegas? I've played a little bit of New Vegas. Um, I started with, you know, three, four, 76, and then I went back to New Vegas. So it doesn't hold the same nostalgia for me that it does with a lot of other people. But I did find myself getting to a location and wanting to know, what happened? What was here? Who was, you know, what was going on? And that, that was something that was really good about that game is it, it kept pulling me into the stories, you know, every time yeah. I meet a new robot or a new person, or, you know, I come over the hill and I'm like, why is there a giant dinosaur? What's going on here? You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, some people hold New Vegas up as their favorite because of those story beats and, and the way choices affect things. I would say the world building for story in New Vegas is just fantastic like you're saying the story draws you in whereas a lot of times in a bethesda fallouts you know the ones i'm most familiar with it's the world that draws you in not really the, the the story in your face that you're talking to but you know the environmental storytelling oh, the, yeah. the way locations look what's over this hill what's around the corner there's always something interesting but yeah so new vegas i'm loving it good to be back um besides that i'm playing 76 we've got the alien event going on right now guys <laughs> i guess i heard about you that, about that. How, how is the Zayton invasion? I, I've seen that there's new weapons and everything with it, which is exciting to me. Yeah. Yeah. So the Zaytans, I mean, it's what you'd expect, you know, as a new public world event, as a new like major event, um, it's a really good time. It affects everything. They, they did a good job this time integrating it. So there are aliens and random encounters. There are aliens popping into other regular events. And then, of course, on the hour, the alien invasion at one of six locations. Uh, it's a good event. It's well done, much like the Mothman one was uh, Mothman Equinox they had in December. I am really enjoying it. Now, like anything, you know, you do something 20, 30 times, that's enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, there are those with the, uh, with the drop rate in 76 on some events, <clears throat> mass of flash knocked, that you really get tired of the grind and you don't want to keep doing it. Uh, the alien event is fun enough that you just add it into your repertoire while you're doing other things. You know, you're in there doing something, whether you're building, whether you're, uh, you know, doing your daily challenges for daily ops or something. And then the event pops and you go to it and you have a great time. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. Now I haven't crafted the weapons. I have gotten all the plans for them. As you know, Asher, I'm a little bit more into building than, <laughs> oh, yeah. than, than weapons. Um, but I did get all the plans and I did have one character in 76 who was focused on energy weapons. So having them get a buff, that's wicked exciting. That, that is exciting. They, they are something that needed a little boost. Um, I'm glad to hear that it's integrated a lot more into the world, mm-hmm. um, like the uh, Mothman one, because the Mothman was a wonderful event. Uh, I got to say, sometimes like, you know, mole miner hunting or uh, even Foshnot, 
gets very tiring at times because yes. it, it, it just didn't have I don't know there's just something a little more with the Mothman that that you know that was the last event I had played in that just it, I don't know it was just more involved had a little more interest well going they on add some story and lore to it you know there are actually factions with the Mothman event and now with the Zetans there might not be factions but there's new characters when they can make it more integrated like that exactly. It makes it more interesting. You know, like Holiday Scorched, okay, or the Scorched, the Spooky Scorched. Mm -hmm. Those were fun. The Mole Miners come around and, you know, they run away from you. That's kind of a pale imitation of uh, the real thing. You know what I mean? That's just kind yeah. of, it's like an extra thing, but it's not a real event. You know, Foshnacht, Meat Week, Mischief, Ni Mischief Night, RIP. You know, those are real events. So I'm glad we got a few more. If we can get to like, some larger online games or MMOs where they've got five or six like actual world events that they can sometimes ro rotate in seasonally or whatever, that would be wonderful. I think so. I think that would put them in a good place. Yeah. Give people a reason to come back, you know, because those of us have been playing for years, as I know you were, um, you, there's only so much grinding you can do. Uh, you get all the story, you do all the things and, you know, there's a good thousand hours worth of content in 76, well, maybe seven, 800, <laughs> you know, depending on when you join, but, uh, but, you know, you get to our 2000 or, or 3000 and unless you're, you know, a photographer, a builder, um, someone who just really likes grinding the scoreboard and loves that routine, loves that daily homework, as my friend Shalene calls it, you know, it, unless you're doing that, it, it, you know, you got to start taking a break seasonally. That's yeah. something I've talked about with, I know you're friends with Bones, right, Asher? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So like he and I have had this conversation a lot where, you know, there's a kind of player that wants to play for, have a reason, end game gear, give them a reason to grind, you know, better legendary weapons, better gear, better equipment, keep a carrot on a stick that's worth getting and not just the same old, same old. And, you know, 76 often doesn't have that. It, it really doesn't. It's like you can easily hit a plateau when yes. you're grinding. And I think it's kind of the difference of the type of game it is. You know, this is something I don't want to take too much time on what I'm playing uh, to proselytize about 76. But, you know, I often say that people expect it to be a live service game like Destiny, an active live service game with that kind of stuff. And it's really more of a uh, MMO sandbox. You know, it's, it's more of a sandbox like Minecraft. It's like halfway between a classic Bethesda game like Fallout 4 and Skyrim and then like something like a real live service game, but they just don't have the content to make it that. So instead they made it a sandbox, which is what they do best. Now, if only we could put mods in it and fulfill the rest of that sandbox, that would be wonderful. But so I'm playing New Vegas, I'm playing 76, and I'm also hitting Sea of Thieves lately, which uh, have you guys gotten into that at all? I have uh, gone for a couple uh, sales. Um, I've just... I don't have anyone to play with and it's really not a great solo game in my opinion. Just, uh, you know, it's hard to man a ship out of one person and anybody else you run into that wants to rob you, they're probably going to do it. Pretty easy without protection. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta have buds. So I'm enjoying sailing, but I found the same, like I'll join in solo to, uh, you know, maybe do one quest, maybe take some pictures and just sail around but you can't really do objectives without a crew. So I've been playing um, with, with a few friends and that actually makes it awesome. You know, my friend Shreds and I, uh, we just did a couple of shrines last night, a couple of shrines, one of the new forts that's in season six, I think, or season eight. I'm not sure. I don't play that as regularly. <laughs> so I'm kind of new to Sea of Thieves. I've spent the last couple months. Um, that's been wonderful. Uh, Shalene and of course, Vendertron, you know, Vender. Oh, uh, absolutely. 
yeah, he's done some server takeovers and stuff. So I've joined in with him on that. And let me tell you, a server takeover on Sea of Thieves, when you don't have to worry about pirates around every corner attacking you, so much better. So good. Yeah. The the actual sailing is very enjoyable. Um, the, the fact that like you have access to like different musical instruments and stuff, and you really can uh, get that little bit of role play that that helps bring you into the game. Mm -hmm. you know like you can like in like say 76 and stuff uh especially like being able to play with friends and everything it's it's very enjoyable sea of thieves looks great too it's it's not um hyper realistic it's got that little bit of a cartoony style but it's still very good looking and it, it is enjoyable it's just great to just kind of cruise the ocean as long as you're you know comfortable with being attacked occasionally it's beautiful when a game can have that kind of style. Yeah, because, you know, ultra-realistic graphics are one direction you can go, you know, or you can do the cyberpunk thing, but you can also do the ratchet and clank thing. You know, uh, you can have cartoonish graphics that are just mwah, perfect. So, yeah, yeah, I'm really enjoying Sea of Thieves. And besides that, you know, I'm hitting, I mean, I'm a Bethesda Bioware girl, so I'm, I'm always hitting some of that stuff. You know, I, I jump in Skyrim every once in a while to relax. I jump in this and that. Follow always on the brain because it has to be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What have you been playing, Asher? Well, you you mentioned Bethesda, and um, I noticed on the Epic Launcher that they have the prelude for Ghostwire Tokyo. So I figured I would load that up and check it out because I'm kind of curious about the game, but I'd never really uh, delve too far into it. And it's interesting because the prelude plays as a visual novel. Like, it seems to be more of an introduction to the characters and what's going on in the world instead of, you know, how the gameplay of Ghostwire Tokyo is going to be itself. Uh, but it's, it's really pretty interesting so far. Um, I, I played for a little bit. Um, it, it definitely told me who the characters were, introduces me to KK and his crew. Mm -hmm. And, um, it has, as far as I can see, multiple endings because, you know, there's a spot where it's like, I'm at a noodle stand and I, I get the call from the crew and it's like, well, I can either click the accept or the, the, the cancel button. If you cancel the call, you know, you get a couple more lines of dialogue and then you get a game over screen. Oh, yeah. That's so you, you start back up and you start right there or you can, you know, start a new game. But, uh, you know, you go through a couple more steps and it's like, oh, hey, I'm, I'm you know, I should help this kid. I'm a paranormal detective. He's got a problem. But if I kind of brush him off, you know, the next thing I know is I get a cut scene over to the kid. Um, I say cut scene. It is all graphic novel style, but it goes over to the, the, the kid and he's standing by an alleyway and he hears a voice and then something snatches him and game over. So it, it I, I kind of want to keep playing through the prelude multiple times just to kind of see where everything goes. But it also gives me choices of like um, when I make the, the call back to the crew to, you know, ask a question or ask for help, I can pick who I talk to, who answers the phone. So there's interactions between different characters and everything. So I think um, if it carries over into Ghostwire Tokyo, there should be some kind of uh, maybe character development relationships between the characters, which I always love when games do that. Uh, Bethesda tends to have that in their games anyways. Mm -hmm. So um, if you're curious about Ghostwire Tokyo, uh, the prelude's free up on the Epic Launcher, and uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. kind of gets you uh, into that world, into that frame of mind. And I think it's nice to get your feet wet in the game before you really jump into it, especially if it's not sure if, uh, if it's something you're not sure you're into. It won't, it won't get you the idea of how the game's going to play, but it will get you an idea of the story. And if the story is good enough, it'll pull you in regardless of the gameplay, in my opinion. So 
Epic launcher on PC. Now, yes. Ghostwire Tokyo is coming to a PlayStation and PC. So there may be there may be a prelude for them on PlayStation 2. I don't know. But all I know about uh, Ghostwire is when Ikumi Nakamura, you know, did the presentation at E3 the first time. And I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. that was cool. A little spooky for me, but cool. Yep. <laughs> and then I found out I couldn't play it on Xbox. But, you know, someday. Yeah, it, it's definitely got the paranormal vibe. Um, but I don't think it's going to be super scary i don't think it's gonna you know it'll probably have jump scares ghost things tend to but i don't think it's going to be just downright like frightening uh so uh yeah that, that's one i've been uh playing a little bit and then um i'm a big fan of game pass you know got it on the Amen. xbox got it on the pc just it, it's i can never say that it's anything but a great value um Agreed. But I like to go through there periodically and just kind of like grab new things that catch my eye. And uh, recently I picked up Unsighted. <gasps> oh, did really? You ever, did you play it? No, but I've heard a lot about it. The idea of it's a game made to kind of as if you were blind, right? Experience some things without being able to see a lot of it. And uh, it's all like sound related. Am I no, remembering correctly? I think no, you're I think thinking that's a of different one. Perception. There's a oh. horror game called Perception that came out a few years back. That's the one you're thinking of. Oh, okay. Now, now that you've described that game, I'm really curious. So I'm going to have to go check that out. Uh, this one is uh, like a, a top-down, uh, three-dimensional, like high-res pixel art game. It's uh, an RPG in like an Android kind of dystopian future. And uh, the uh, it, it kind of reminds me of Mega Man when it would like cut to the characters to have like a discussion. You would have, you know, one on the left, one on the right, and they would talk and they would kind of like, uh, you know, uh, light up and kind of come to the forefront with their with their um, dialogue but all their dialogue was enough to make me actually interested in playing more you know it, it, it didn't feel uh cheesy I was, I was genuinely curious like well what's going on in the world why is this happening you know what's what's where did this android go what's going on with them um and it's got a um an actual dodge mechanic. Um, your left mouse button does your left weapon. Your right mouse button does your right weapon. You can swap weapons like an RPG and you can upgrade and craft weapons. So I was like, wow, this is a lot of in-depth, interesting stuff going on for something people would probably gloss over because it's, it's that that high resolution pixel art style that you know I think a lot of people kind of look at and just kind of forget about because it's, it's not as eye-catching as you know some of the AAA like you know, really big and bold, beautiful games, but it, it, there's just something very endearing, very enjoyable about it. The character design looks really good. I just pulled it up while you were talking and yeah, that's some beautiful pixel art. Yeah, it, it's, it's great. And you know, the, the play for it is very smooth. Um, it, it's the, there was definitely a bunch of times where like something killed me and then I just started over it. it it didn't punish me. It didn't make me go back really far or anything, but it also never felt like it was just way too easy. Like I, I actually had to dodge. I had to think about how I was going after things and stuff. So I enjoyed that the, the gameplay was actually like substantial there as well. So, and then the last one isn't necessarily one I've played. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit in our thing, but it is one I'm keeping an eye on. There's not a lot of meat here, so I wouldn't say it's uh, what I'm looking forward to. But if you uh, catch something about Sword of Symphony, uh, it's up on Twitter. It's a, a university project for uh, their finals for their music class, uh, this person. So it's not a Newcastlevania? 
No, no. <laughs> um, but it is a combat game based on music. So from what I've been able to see so far in the videos they have up, uh, the enemy will play a melody and you need to play a melody back. But if you make a mistake, uh, it, it not only sounds you know awful because you know you've ruined the song, but you've ended your attack and then it comes and attacks you back. So it's it's really hard to describe. It, it, it's just there's there's only a few videos up, but it, it appears to be a musical based combat system. But it just it sounds so good, and the little bit they have up there so far looks really interesting. So, um, I. I, I want to see where it goes. I'm hoping it's not a project that just kind of falls off. Um, but I, I don't know how much depth there could be there. I'm not musically inclined, so uh, I'll probably be terrible at it if it comes out. But I, I am really curious to see like where it goes. And it's it just the, the soundscape to it. I, I love that. You know, the little bit that's up there, just it's, it's really enjoyable. You know, when, when you do the combo and it does the combo back, just... It, it, it flows. It almost makes it feel like you're cooperating instead of being competitive with the enemy. Yes, that reminds me of uh, The Messenger. Did you ever play that one? I don't think so. It was kind of like an old ninja. I'm going to say Ninja Gaiden. I know people pronounce it differently, where it was like the side-scrolling 2D, but it has mm -hmm. the best soundtrack in video games I've ever heard in my life. It is so okay. hard to concentrate in that game because the soundtrack is so good. I played it a majority of it when I was doing the Tony Z plays channel before I shut that YouTube down. But yeah, that reminds me of that because it is, it feels like a lot of your attacks in that are actually music based. So you're trying to like hit with your sword to do jumps based on the music that's playing, but the music is chaotic. So <laughs> if you're it's, not musically inclined, it's very difficult to keep up with. It's great when a game's music is so good like that, that you actually end up doing combat in time, even when it's not required, you know, striking yeah. and parrying in time. <laughs> And that one, the music gets so ridiculous that you're like, I cannot focus right now. You need to calm down. That sounds pretty wild. Yeah, so hopefully Sword of Symphony might be kind of in that vein where it's a lot of the music, but it's like really an amazing soundtrack. I'm hoping so. I, I, I want to keep an eye on it. I'm hoping it progresses to, you know, something I'm looking forward to. Because if, if it, they keep updating, I'll keep updating, you know? So Yeah. And something could be a good candidate for a uh, game pass that we've been talking about too. Uh, possibly. Yeah. Never know. Cause they like to bring in a lot of those more independent games to game pass. Everything sure. is a good candidate for game pass. Give me more. <laughs> more. <laughs> I would have said Ghostwire Tokyo was a good candidate for game pass, but we, what is this dagger? I see before me, Tony, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I don't have my PlayStation anymore. So I'm Xbox only now right now too. So I'm a little hurt by that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that the fact um, game pass is still advertised as, you know, a hundred plus games. And oh, yeah. for the last year or two, they've been, you know, 200 to 300 games, at least there's a lot of value there. Like you said. Yeah. There's an insane amount, which Asher was that you said you played, what was the one you mentioned that you were playing on game pass? Unsighted unsighted was that be that could segue into our like game pass picks because i wanted to start that as a new segment okay yeah we can do that uh because that, that's an easy one for me to check into pick of the week <laughs> jessica i don't think you got to do one so i'll let you do one because mine's actually going to segue into what i've been playing as well 
Wait, I get to give a Game Pass pick of the week? Oh, of course. You're the guest. Okay, dude. Okay. Well, I would be remiss if I did not say added to Game Pass in January, Mass Effect Legendary Collection. Yes. It's it's titled Legendary because it is legendary. Play it. The up-res is wonderful. The adjustments to the first game, wonderful. The whole story, Mass Effect is one of the greatest franchises of all time, and I love it. And chances are, if you like space, if you like RPG, you will too. Yeah, I would have put that in there. I haven't played it in a few weeks, but as soon as I saw it on there, I was playing it like day one again. I was <laughs> yeah. like, man, I used to love these games. I'm so happy to be able to revisit it. I bought that the second it came out. In fact, it's funny. That's one of the reasons I haven't played as much 76. That's kind of when it started, when that came out last May. And I bought that. That was my game for the summer, playing through the whole trilogy again. And then since then, I've always had like more stuff going. Like That was when I started slowing down 76 because there's so much out there to play. And Game Pass is a big part of that. And I just got jump scared by a Discord notification randomly on my computer. <laughs> Welcome back to Infinite Journeys. <laughs> Asher, when did that happen? First episode or last episode? Um, I think it was the first episode because you had a um, a website up for uh, um, oh, yes. the weird news and it kept doing pop-ups on it you. It kept throwing stupid pop-up ads at me with blaring sounds. Yep. Yeah, my Game Pass pick of this week is actually probably going to surprise a lot of people because a lot of people have been trashing on this game. Now, I can only come for the single-player perspective because I have not played the multiplayer, but it's actually going to be Crossfire X. Crossfire I decided, X. Dude, really? Yeah. Yes, it was on Game Pass, and I was like, you know what? It's on Game Pass. I like my first-person shooters every once in a while because I needed a break from Elden Ring at the time I was playing it, and like I'd already played some of Vanguard. When I played that with Twisted Joker, I played a lot of multiplayer, but other than that, I wasn't huge into it. So I gave Crossfire X, and I've been actually hooked into this campaign of this game to where... The first part of the campaign is on Game Pass, and then you could buy the second, the second half of it for like eight ninety nine. And I went ahead and bought it. Like I've really been enjoying it. A lot of people in the reviews are trashing it, saying it looks like a mobile game. And I'm like, let's be honest: if a mobile game looks this good, sign me up. <laughs> this game looks amazing to me. That part's true. I've heard it's a bit nonsensical. I just need to say, uh, the words just expressed by Tony Z does not necessarily reflect that of his uh, co-host or guest tonight. <laughs> I'm assuming you played it and you didn't like it at all. No, I haven't. That's the thing. I'm just being prejudiced because of all the negative negativity around it. Um, I've I've seen screens and stuff, and it seems like if you're into multiplayer, that it, it can be fun for a while. Yeah, see, I've I've been touched the multiplayer. I'm a single oh. player campaign guy. That's what I'm saying. As I'm enjoying the campaign, I haven't messed with the multiplayer at all. So I can't really people could bash me for that. Bash me all you want, but I'm not a multiplayer guy typically. <laughs> if I don't have friends <laughs> to play with, I'm not playing multiplayer. So but That's yeah, the, the campaign to me has been amazing. It's just felt like another like call of mainline kind of Call of Duty style game. But the shooting is really good. I like the different guns that you can pick up in it. And I've just been having a blast. There is one section to me that I was like, this suddenly feels like a Dark Souls section of a first person shooter game because there is just so many enemies shooting at me at the same time. And they just kept coming and coming and coming. <laughs> and I nearly rage quit that one portion of the story. But then when I finally got through it, I was like, yes, it was pretty insane. A lot of explosives. And I mean, if you're a first person shooter fan, it's free on Game Pass. You have to at least try it. Fair, fair. We always need more. Yeah. And I wanted something a little bit different because I was like, not a lot of people would probably pick this as a Game Pass pick. So, you know what? Tony Z is picking it <laughs> because I've been playing it. But I mean, other than that, I've really only been playing. Here's what happened. Asher, we discussed this last time. I started really getting into Elden Ring. And I was like, okay, I'm really having fun with Elden Ring. I'm putting a lot of time into this. I'm getting better. I'm going to decide to make my decision to go and try other From Software games. 
So when I last got paid, I bought, well, actually, we already talked, I already had it on Switch, was Dark Souls Remastered, but I wanted the 60 frames per second, so I bought it on Xbox. Have you noticed a difference? Yes, I have. Oh, okay. <laughs> Especially with the gameplay-wise, 60 frames as opposed to 30 frames on, on Switch is definitely a big difference, and the graphics overhaul is a big difference, too. It is still fun on Switch, especially in handheld. I haven't really played the Switch version on TV just because the Switch isn't going to look as good. But right. I, I've still enjoyed playing it in handheld as like a pick up and go, which is why I was able to grind out so many levels because I just stayed in the same area because I would like play it on a break at work or something and then otherwise not be playing it. So then I would always be in that same first area of the Undead Berg just fighting them over and over again. <laughs> I was like, well, at least I'm grinding souls right now. Yeah, there is something to be said about, uh, I don't want to call it a novelty, but it, it almost is, of uh, being able to play some of those games on the go with the Switch. Like, yeah. I, uh, there's a lot of Bethesda games that if they would drop on the Switch, I know people would be playing them, you know. Oh, my goodness, places, they would. You know, on breaks, you know, lots lots of places, so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they got Skyrim on there. I'm still waiting for why they don't have Fallout 3 or Fallout New Vegas on there if they got Steam Skyrim Deck. on there. Steam Deck and uh, xCloud on your phone or tablet. Like Microsoft is getting there with some of these things. Yeah. There's going to be ways to do it in the future. But right now, yeah, Switch is the way to go. And Fallout 3 or New Vegas on Switch, OMG muffins. I mean, that is yeah. maybe the most requested property for sure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I was like, the second they got Skyrim, everybody's going to be like, well, get the older stuff on there. Get Fallout on there. Get Oblivion on there. I'm <gasps> sure they could do it. That would be amazing. People would buy them. Mm -hmm. it, I would buy easy them. Easy sales. <laughs> Stop right there, citizen. Buy Oblivion <laughs> on Switch now. The ads write themselves. Definitely do it. Yeah, I would definitely buy it because my main go-to for Switch is handhelds. So I mainly use it in handheld mode. But here's where I made the mistake. When I bought the other From Software games, I did Dark Souls Remastered. That was going pretty well. But then I also bought Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Bad idea. <laughs> Bad idea. I mean, it is a pretty awesome game. Oh, it's it, awesome. It is just very brutal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was like, everyone is saying Elden Ring is the hardest from software game, and I'm oh, no. making progress. It's definitely in this. not. <laughs> it's the it's the easier one. It, it's the easier one because of the fact that it's open world and you can run yeah. away from a fight instead of having to bang your head against it for so long. I mean, with those games with FromSoft, it's it's neat that you're trying others to see what how they play but it's the kind of thing that you need to learn the movement and the combat. So right. the best way to play any FromSoft game is one at a time. <laughs> yeah, I realized that real quick. I mean, I was making some progress with Dark Souls Remastered. I got through the first two bosses, which actually I lucked out with that one because that first Tauros demon, I had the Black Knight Sword by the time I got to him. So I literally climbed that ladder, dropped off and killed him in one hit. And I was like, this just felt amazing. I just one shot at a boss. Usually it's the other way around in from software games. <laughs> Usually it, one shotting me. It's always great when you you enter that first fog wall or uh, fog wall for the first time and you actually defeat the boss as opposed to you know having to run back to it you know 10, 15, 20 times. Uh, what I'm amazed by is that you're switching between Xbox and Switch to play different Souls games. Like yeah, not anymore. The, okay, I was gonna <laughs> say because the inputs are different. You know the games are different. Like that screwed that, me that, up. Yeah, that seems like it would be uh, a punishment. Yes. That actually literally just screwed me up because I think the last time I played Dark Souls Remastered on the Switch... Now, here's what happened. Asher, you know about the migraine that I started getting on Sunday last week, which is why yep, we didn't record. I remember. That thing lasted until Thursday. Oh, geez. I have never had a headache last that long, so I don't know what was going on, but it got to the point where it was also just... I would wake up in the morning, it would be throbbing in the back of my neck, 
and then start shooting up into my head. So I didn't get like a lot of gameplay in early in the week, obviously, because I was like, I have a headache. I'm not going to try to play anything. But Thursday, it finally felt better. So I did play Dark Souls Remastered on Switch and then came home and played again. And the first thing I did was hit the wrong button. It fell right off a cliff. Yep. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're completely the opposite. <laughs> Which is pretty fun. I mean, it's a funny story because it was, there's that part going towards the undead berg where there's that little section where you can get that ring of sacrifice. Okay. And you usually want to jump to get there. And I hit the wrong button and it just rolled off and <laughs> fell off. Yep. And then also I climbed the stairs and the firebomb guy hit me and knocked me off. But I got lucky instead of falling to my death, I landed in the spot where I would get the ring of sacrifice. I was like, this is a very lucky moment. It took some of my health, but at least it, I didn't fall to my death. And then when I was leaving, I went to jump back to get back to the cliff and fell again. So <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, I successfully made it here. And then I fell on my way back. Yep. Sounds about souls. Yeah. Yeah, so I've gotten through the first two bosses in Dark Souls Remastered on both the Switch and the Xbox now. The second boss, I freaking hate. I hope I never have to fight that thing again. That's the Bell Gargoyle. I don't know. Have you played Dark Souls? Uh, yeah, so you won't have to fight it again. Uh, but I'm fairly certain you have to fight two of them. Yeah. Oh, it starts Great. as one and becomes two in the in that fight, and it's the second boss of the game. <laughs> I was like, "Listen, I'm almost killing this one," and then he breathes a fire attack and brings another one. So my battle with that thing lasted about three days before I finally killed it, and it was actually really funny because I think it was Friday morning when I managed to kill it, and I was so angry that Rebecca, my wife, was like, "Would you please turn the game off now because you're <laughs> screaming so loud that it's actually oh, no. scary." <laughs> And I was like, let me give it one more shot. And I killed it. <laughs> I was like, this is why you don't turn off the game. You always give it one more shot before you turn it off. And uh, then immediately after that, I went back down to whatever the next area is you're supposed to go to, which I think is like the swamp area. Immediately killed. And I was like, okay, haven't touched it since. <laughs> I was like, listen, after I just get through a ridiculously hard boss fight that took me three days, and then I go into the next area and just immediately die, something doesn't feel right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that tends to be how it goes. You know, you you finally get that boss down. It's a boss. It's supposed to be really hard. You walk yeah. into the next area and, you know, uh, Rattlebones, you know, the skeleton just walks over and gives you a couple pokes. And you're like, you're just a regular skeleton. Why are you <laughs> killing me? You're like, you're not a boss. I just fought the boss. <laughs> Why are you having hit points of a boss? It's like these, uh, it's kind of, well, they're not trolls because trolls are in Elden Ring, those huge ones. But these are like big, like fat ogre dudes. And they have like a giant club. And for whatever reason, that thing hits me once and it takes like almost all my health down. So I'm trying to figure out how to dodge it. But I think I died twice. And then I tried to go back to get to my runes. Oh, sorry. Not runes. Souls. Because this is <laughs> Dark Souls we're talking about. And they killed me before I got to it. So that was when I turned it off. Because that's happened a lot. Where I've lost like 6,000 souls because I died and then couldn't get back to them. Because Asher, just like you, like we mentioned on the first episode, we like to like fight everything again on our way back so we can double the amount of souls we have. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that that wasn't working out for me on that one. Yeah, you have to be willing to lose everything in those games, just like Sea of Thieves or whatever. You have to understand that these games will kill you. Yeah. With Elden Ring, it's worked out with me. I'm currently level 51. So I I took down Ooh. like I just told Asher before we started, I took down about five of the like not the main story bosses. I took down five of like the world bosses today. And I was feeling pretty good about myself. 
And then I wandered into the academy and got exactly what we were just talking about, killed by four of the like basic sorcerer enemies. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> like, I just slaughtered a freaking dragon, but I can't kill this stupid idiot. <laughs> it always seems to be uh, for me that when that happens, I just need to change my tactic a little bit. You know, I'll, I'll go from a spot where uh, I could sneak and backstab or I could you know block and strike yeah. back or something too. Mm-hmm. Well, now I have to do rolling or I have to use, you know, something ranged to kind of separate them and pull them away. Um, if you're ever stuck, just mix it up a little bit. You know, sometimes it, it's literally just, you know, coming at it from a different angle will get you through. Yeah. And that's the problem with them because I can kill them. If it's, if it's one of them, I could kill them in like two hits because I'm using that, um, the blood fang and that thing is currently like a over 200 damage so i can kill him in like two hits but the problem is that one room that i was talking about where i go to stealth kill one and then all of them there's like three or four other ones at the same time shooting spells at me and that's what kills me yep you get caught in that crossfire yeah that crossfire of like four different dudes and a giant pot mind you that's also swinging at you which i don't even know where it comes from it just like drops out of the sky so if you got a pot and like five mages shooting spells at you and the the spells seem to, I guess my guy doesn't have good magic defense because they just annihilate me. So you're saying the pot smoked you? Yeah, pretty okay. much. I got hit by four four spells and then the pot was like, I'm going to smoke you. You're not going to smoke me. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> the pot was getting high off my death and my destruction. <laughs> so All right. actually, kind of funny thing about those pot soldiers is um they consume the bodies of the dead to bolster themselves so yeah it really was <laughs> kind of was it literally <laughs> was feasting on me to get high and get stronger yep good fertilizer now if only i could pay it next time to after it devours me kill the rest of those mages so that when i come back through i could just sneak past the pot <laughs> then we'd be talking <laughs> i'm like listen you just bolstered your strength why don't you just turn on the guys that you're helping they don't care about you. You're just a pot to them. So games you've been playing is half the the uh, FromSoft catalog right now? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> nice. I've dabbled in some others. Well, and the Crossfire one mm-hmm. was the other big one. But that's pretty much all I've been playing. And I've still been playing, working my way through uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus on the Switch as well. Did Asher have a Game Pass pick of the week? Yes, he picked Unsighted. Right. Okay, perfect. I mean... I could throw another Game Pass game out there because I had played it um, in preparation for last week and I'd kind of forgotten about it. Um, let me pull it up here real quick because I can't remember the name. It's, um, oh, wow. Well, game Pass just gave up on me. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, let's go back. Uh, it's a um, first-person shooter, but it's um, like a cel-shaded mech game. Oh, you just oh. piqued my interest. Yeah, uh, gosh, what is it called? Where's my library? Uh, RoboQuest? RoboQuest, that's it. It's a preview currently. Um, Interesting. But you pick up upgrades. Uh, you can change out because you can carry two different weapons. You can change them out so you can have like your pistol or your rifle. Or uh, I found like a sticky grenade launcher uh, that had a, a detonator as the other shot. Um, but one of the things I found very endearing about it is that when I fire my weapon, uh, in a cartoon font next to my gun, it actually says things like "taka taka taka" and you know nice. hat and stuff like that. So, it's um, it's it's a colorful, it's cute, but you're still blowing up robots and running around shooting stuff and everything. So, uh, 
it, it, it's, it's worth checking out. It's up for preview. It's free. Uh, and uh, man, it is just uh, a cute little thing. Like I just, I, I, I'm going to put some more time into it, but it, it is uh, it's interesting to say the least. I just pulled it up. I'm watching the little video that's on Game Pass. It looks like it's Game Pass PC only, so it's not on the Xbox. Ah, yep. See. That would make sense with a preview. I love that you're so into previews and demos, Asher. Like, I often wait till a game comes out to play it, but getting a sneak peek and getting excited about things is half the fun of games, really. So, yeah. And this thing looks amazing. I it looks like it has a Borderlands look- vibe. Yes, it does. It does have a very Borderlands vibe because cool. it's, it's, uh, almost like a, a whole like deserty kind of destroyed planet but i didn't get a lot in the story on that uh, i do tend to try to look for the the previews and like the new games uh things with the more pixel art or you know things that don't like really pop out to a lot of people because I'm, I'm curious you know th- those things need love too you know um a lot of them are probably going to be pc because mm-hmm. i tend to look right. there and then i look on the xbox so there's way more early access and and preview games on pc anyway it just makes sense right that's a good way to publish your code yeah yeah absolutely yeah i was just laughing about that the other day that i have game pass ultimate so i have access to the pc stuff and i have a gaming pc but i never play any games on my pc (laughs) yeah not enough i play on pc some but not to game pass yeah i mainly use it for like this the podcast and the youtube videos is basically all i use my pc for so I do a lot on PC, you know, because it's a lot of content creation. But yeah. at the same time, I love Forex games, you know, so I can do a lot more exploration and strategy sim games on PC than I can on Xbox. Jessica, I'm, I have another Game Pass pick, but before I get to it, I know that you mentioned earlier that you were a content creator. Why don't you let people know where to find your stuff? Because I think we are nearing that hour here. So I want to give you a chance to plug your. Oh, cool. OK, well, let's let's plug some of the just stuff right now. So, yeah, as you mentioned at the top of the show. I have a couple of podcasts. Uh, my primary one is the Fallout feed. Uh, it's the longest running Fallout podcast out there. We just did episode 354. And that's not including specials and such. We, we, it's a weekly show. Uh, we started just before Fallout 4 came out and have just kind of kept going. We said we we're going to keep going until Fallout 5. And well, you know what happened there? Hello, 76, uh, maybe someday. So yeah, so I've got that a Fallout feed. We do a lot of gameplay there, 76 news, just all the Fallout games, really. And it's a very community-based show where listeners send in feedback for certain episodes about the way they you know, handle quests and such. Also have Dames Who Game. Uh, it's a semi-monthly show with a couple of my dames from the ASA podcasting community and also the We Just Love Games community. We kind of come together and, and just talk about what we're playing. It's, it's a, just a really kind of cross-section of games that we all like uh, from a female perspective. Sometimes I show up on a Skyrimatic podcast too. That's our Skyrim show. And we've got a lot more on the ASA Podcasting Network. Besides that, I stream and I do YouTube. Um, so streaming, my main channel is You Wastelanders. You guys might've seen us on Twitter, United Wastelanders Network. Uh, that's me and my peeps. And, you know, we get into all kinds of things in 76. Gameplay, um, you know, kind of tips and tutorials. Uh, do camp tours every Thursday. Uh, that's our big show, Everything Camp. So that's United Wastelanders Network on Twitch. And then, of course, ASA Podcasting has a Twitch channel there. And I'm on YouTube. If you just type in Jessica Star, Jessica hyphen Star, and Fallout, you'll come up with a lot of stuff because that's my bag, baby. Nice. 354 episodes. That's like a huge thing. Podcast. <laughs> I don't know very many podcasts aside from a few like freaking Joe Rogan's, who's probably at 2,000 by now, <laughs> that get up to like that high of a level. Yeah, we are coming up on seven years, I think. Can you imagine? That's amazing. And we hardly miss an episode. You know, it's uh, 
kind of our thing. Now, to be fair, I've only been a primary host for four years of that. Um, I was a listener at first, but, you know, I kind of slipped in just before 76 came out. I like that. I like when podcasts are like have a listener and then get the listeners involved. That's mm-hmm. kind of like, here we go. Here comes another 8750 shout out Asher. But <laughs> that's kind of how I got involved with them. I started as a listener and then they, Jeff, the main host of that show, started inviting me on. That's uh, like a- Jessica had mentioned uh, We Just Love Games and that's how yeah. they got their third co-host, Vendertron. He was just a longtime listener uh, and you know got together with them a couple different times and started talking with them. Next thing you know, hey, he's on the show. Exactly. Yeah. And Asher, you were just popped up from Twitter. I just posted a tweet. What in uh wanting co-host and what was it? What's uh your friend's name? Pumpkin? Uh, Punky. Punky Princess. Punky. I said Punky. Yes. Is that Creeper Sin? Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. Yep. No, I, I I love her too. I mean, your whole crew, you guys are great. I love your perspective. And honestly, Asher, you jumping on this show, not to, you know, make you blush or anything, but you jumped into this so well, your perspective, mm-hmm. your knowledge of games and stuff. It's been fantastic to listen to. I've really enjoyed the couple episodes you've done. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've done many podcasts with many co-hosts and Asher is definitely at the top of that since joining. And that was from like day one, the first podcast. I was like, oh, Asher, you're a natural dude. I'm going to have to get a bigger room. My head's getting a little hard. <laughs> Just but, adjust your hat, you know, snap, yep. snap back. There we go. But to get back to a little bit of gaming before we end it, I have to mention that Game Pass did add Guardians of the Galaxy. That uh, Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy yes, game just it, got added Oh my Game Pass. God, it just got added. That is such a good game too. The dialogue Agreed. is snappy. Um, you know, not since a Telltale game. It's not a Telltale game, but it has that vibe where you're really you're playing a story the whole time. It's very much about the dialogue. Yes, and it is hilarious. Like just the banter between. I haven't finished it yet, but I did start playing it. But like I said, I didn't want to tackle too many things at once. Here's what happened. I bought it on my Xbox because I originally had it on my PS4, and then I traded in the PS4. And got rid of it because I wasn't playing it. So I was like, I want to buy this again. And then a week later, <laughs> hey, guess what? <laughs> it's coming to Game Pass. <laughs> That's Wait. happened to me, I think, about 10 times. Since you know, I got the I'll Xbox. have to start keeping an eye on games that I'm interested in but aren't on Game Pass. I'll just have <laughs> you buy them. And then in a couple <laughs> weeks, I'll yeah. just install it. <laughs> That's literally, this has happened to me so many times. It happened because I bought all a bunch of the Elder Scrolls games. And then a week later, they bought Bethesda and all of them came to Game Pass. (laughs) Like every Bethesda game I bought suddenly showed up on Game Pass a week after I bought it. And then now this with Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm like, really? The only way I didn't do that with was Halo because I was like, I knew that was coming to Game Pass. Yes, any first party. Well, thank you for taking one for the team. And yeah, we'll have to come up with a shopping list for you. Yeah, well, with Guardians of the Galaxy, I don't mind because that's a developer I would like to support because they did really well with that game. A lot of people were scared off by the Avengers. I was one of them because when the Avengers mm-hmm. game came out, I spent $120 on that and it did oh. not do justice for me at all. <laughs> it was not fun. I think the last game I spent big bucks on, which I also regretted, which was like three weeks ago, was that Hot Wheels game. It's called like Hot Wheels Unleashed because I thought it was going to be really cool. And I spent like $90 on like the deluxe edition of it and I played it once. Yeah, my rule is do not get collector's editions unless it's a franchise you know and love for a long period of time. Because I know that it's great to get, you know, the thing, have the cool statue, the cool coin, whatever it comes with. But a lot of times, if you don't know the franchise, you may not like it anywhere near as much as you think. Oh, yeah. And don't get me wrong. I did not buy like a physical collector's edition. All of these were digital. So (laughs) like I said, money, not well spent. 
I mean, Hot Wheels is fun, don't get me wrong, but I spent the 90 bucks so I could get all the extra cars, and I've only played mm-hmm. it once because, like, two days later, Elden Ring came out. So I was like, oh, this is a bad decision at the time. But, yeah, and then I think the last game was, like, when Far Cry was coming out because I loved Far Cry. I bought that one. I think I bought the collector, the digital collectors for that as well, and I didn't like any of the DLCs that came out for that one, which was unfortunate because I do love the Far Cry games. But that's about how that went. I guess uh, that'll do it for this episode. I think we've gone about an hour. We managed to squeeze in an hour. I was a little bit worried we might go longer, but I think we did pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I know we could all probably just wax on about oh, Game yeah. Pass, and uh, I I know we could definitely talk about some other games still because you know I played Elden Ring, but I, I we don't have hours to talk about that <laughs> more. So, but uh, yeah, no, I I think we uh, put a lot of content in a little bit of space here tonight. Yeah, I tried not to do what we did the last time. Even though people may enjoy that, I don't know. The two-hour Elden Ring only, basically, discussion that we had. <laughs> We're trying to save the rest of that for, like, a review slash spoiler cast episode. So I'm trying not to talk too much about it. Well, and that's Some... the thing. If people did enjoy that, they can let us know. You could oh, always yeah. leave a rating and leave a review. Yes, always pushing for that. Asher, this is why you're co-host, because I completely forgot to shout that out. Be sure to keep leaving ratings and reviews on Spotify, Apple, um side note i no longer care about good pods we were number one for one day and then we got booted all the way down to number 20 and i was like you know what screw you guys i'm done <laughs> the podcast app of your choice if you have a rating system use it tony and asher would appreciate it definitely would jessica i want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast i had a blast and i would like to have you on again for sure i appreciate that this has been a really good time uh really enjoyed talking to you guys your perspective you know as someone who basically lives in the bethesda bioware world mostly but loves you know other games it's great to talk about them with people yes for sure um one quick side note be on the lookout this this will be the first episode that will most likely show up on the infinite journeys youtube in addition to the other platforms it will go public tomorrow which will be monday so people can look out for that. I don't know why I'm saying tomorrow, but I'm talking to you, not the listeners. By the time they hear this, it's already Monday. It's that <laughs> I, podcast magic. We know how that works. Yeah, it tends <laughs> to be to do that. And uh, I may put Asher. I'm really, I really kind of want to play a scary game now because we were talking about it. So I may put that Visage gameplay up. Oh, on go the for Infinite it! I, channel. I'm, I'm ready to check it out. Yeah, be on the lookout for that. And yeah, as always, thank you all so much for listening. And we will catch you all again very soon for the next episode of Infinite Journeys. Yeah, Catch you all next time. Have a great one.